Hi, my name is Alex Clark Youngblood. I'm currently living in El Progreso, Honduras, working for a small nonprofit organization, along with a very good friend of mine, Sam Rio. We've been having a lot of discussions uh, recently leading up to the 2013 Honduran presidential elections, and we decided at some point uh, amidst our discussions in our house uh, to start recording these conversations and then eventually turn them in into a podcast. Uh, we originally thought that doing so would be fairly simple, but we soon realized that starting a podcast is far uh, more intensive than we ever anticipated. So please bear with us uh, as we learn this entire process, and hopefully this is the start of something successful. Thank you very much for downloading. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. I want to record our thoughts on this on this election fallout. Are we recording now? Mm-hmm. Alright, well one thing that's been interesting that hasn't been talked about at all, or, or, or very little, has been who well, let's are, start from the, let's start who are going to be the members of Congress now. Yeah, alright, let's start from the game. I mention that. We'll definitely get that. <clears throat> so, it's the day after the election. Everyone knows. Okay, well it's the day after the election and it's essentially a dead heat, Okay. Both Libra and Ziamara and Juan Orlando National are saying they both won. And in reality, they've both gone on television, live television. And they've both and gone on live television and said that they've won. Announced that they've won. And they've, they've won. Very emphatically. a congratulatory party, both of them. Right. Which hints fraud on both sides to me. It hints fraud on both sides to me that they both know that they're just putting on a big show. And they don't really believe what they're saying. I think it's a political game. I don't know necessarily if it's fraud. I think it's keeping the fact that their party is still alive. Um, you don't see anyone from PAC. You don't see anyone, any of the it's other pure propaganda. Any of the other parties going out there. I think it's just a political game to 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 legitimize saying they've won once once they've already announced it. Yeah. So it's a, it's propaganda. It's a big it's a big show, right? Okay. Based on everyone's account of this election, who's not named Juan Orlando, or who doesn't wear a Partido Nacional hat. Everyone thinks that Ziomar and Libra actually won. Right. Everyone thinks they won. And everyone thinks that there's been an incredible fraud committed. And everyone thinks there's been an enormous fraud committed. Right? Were people not saying the same thing before the election? Like, has anything actually changed? I think before the election, Everyone was saying Ziomaro is going to win, but Juan Orlando is going to cheat, and he's, he's going to come out on top. From the minute I landed in Honduras, people have been saying this. Yeah. What has changed in the past four months? I don't think anything's changed. Nothing I think that's, has I think changed. that's why it, things happened just as everyone knew they were going to happen. All right? right. Like the famous like football speech is Dennis Green after the Cardinals lose, and he's like. They are who we thought they were. And we, we knew exactly what they were going to try to do to beat us. And they did it. And we still couldn't stop it. So, like, we knew, for instance, they were going to try to run it down our throat. They weren't going to pass. They were just going to beat us up on the offensive defensive line. And that's going to be it. And that's exactly what we did. And we still couldn't stop it. That's what's happening right here. From the minute I landed Honduras, I heard nothing about Ziomar is going to, should win. I love Ziomar. Libra this, Libra that. Mel's back. But Waterlandos, this corrupt thief, and so we're not sure if we're going to win. Everyone ex- knows that the, the numbers are there, the votes are there for Ziomara, but everyone also knows it's the, this is not a contest of number of votes. This is actual number of votes 
versus a guy who's really corrupt. And that's exactly what happened last night. And that's exactly where we are this morning. And no one has done anything about it for the four months that I've been in Honduras. No one's going to do anything about it right now as we look out in the streets. And the streets are completely clear. And it looks like the most pleasant day you could imagine in Honduras. So no one is ever going to do anything about it. Juan Orlando is going to win. Did he actually get more votes than Ziomar? No, he didn't get anywhere near enough votes. He cheated. We knew he was going to cheat. He was cheating last night when we were voting. And he has cheated to win this election. And But no one's going to fucking do anything about it because well, no one in Honduras, Honduras... Honduran society is too complacent right now for, for a variety of reasons to actually stand up and take back their democracy. And so Juan Orlando will win. But what's, but what's actually going to be interesting about actually analyzing the fallout of this election is going to be in, analyzing it on an international scale as well. I mean, there are over 1,000 different... Uh, international election observers. Yes. And then we also have to consider things like the free trade agreement that's about yep. to be signed with Canada. Um, there's how many different human rights, uh, human right watch organizations are right. here. Uh, so there's going to be consequences after this election. There is going to be a fallout from this election. And Honduras is right now in the middle of international and multilateral yes. organizations' eyes. Yes. So I think, I think that's a very, a couple things you said I think are super interesting. Is that I do, and my hope is, and I expect, it may take some time, but that there will be fallout from all of this. That this, in the long run, that Juan Orlando winning may actually be to the benefit of Honduras. People may not see it now or may not realize it now, but actually this may, Honduras suffering some consequences in the next few years, may actually be to its long run, its long run benefit. Um... The other thing you said that was interesting that I could, I just find very interesting, very surprising, is that there were a ton of supposedly international organizations down here monitoring this whole thing. And so, so far, we haven't heard any of them cry foul. Right, and part of, so, I think part of that has been the way that TSA and their and their monitoring has been, or TSE, not TSE. TSA, TSE, um, has, and their monitoring process has been set up. They monitored the day of the election. They monitored a period of how many hours? The majority. I'm sure there's still people that are, that are monitoring the final counts. But most of, most of those observers were the day of the election. And when do you think the cheating actually takes place? If and let's Partido, be honest. Partido Nacional is going to set up um, you know, false ballots right. and, and enter this false ballots and enter false data. They're going to send people to the vote. They're going to be paying people to go to these voting places, especially in areas where, like, uh, it's easy to do so and it's, it's cost effective to do so. So, I mean, these and these are going to be very rural areas. And how many gringo election monitors are really going to make it out to the compo? Um, so what? So what actually? What actually qualifies as election monitoring? Because the election is a, is a process. It's not just a vote. It's a whole right. process. And even the security the day of, I mean, let's be honest, we were out at the polls yesterday, visiting a couple of polls, and how easy was it to, like, just get it, walk into a poll? It was like, it was like walking into, it's shit, like, it's a lot harder to get into Burger King here. When I go into Burger <laughs> King, I have to get patted down and a guy, an armed guard checks my bags and, 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 and my belongings. I, when I come to an election poll, hell, I just, just walked walk right in. 
Yeah, like, that's where true. Where were the watchies yesterday? That's like, true. Where <laughs> were the watchies? The other question is, what what was really going on at the election polls? Because there were Libre tents, there were National Party tents, everything set up right outside the doors. The National Party tents were actually giving the people who had just voted or were registered to vote for the National Party uh, basically like a, a credit card, which gives you discounts at Grupo Inter. So and it, I mean, basically, you can't, maybe you can't call it buying a vote because you're not giving people cash directly, but it's like buying it on credit. <laughs> it's it's buying it. It's buying it with people's future savings. It is going to put more money then, in their pocket as a direct result of a political favor you gave them. That's buying a vote. It's crazy. There is so... And there, so, so, and so imagine, Sam, you imagine, know them, imagine you know them more than I, but there are so many crazy aspects to this election that are completely outside of the actual result, which is crazy in the fall. That could be crazy, but there are just so many little things and stories and parts of it that are just yeah. wild. And this credit card is one of them. And, I mean, imagine something being legal in the U.S. where if you vote for the the Democratic Party. MTV is going to be sitting outside and they're going to give you like $15 it, yeah. iTunes gift cards or something like that. But only if you vote Democrat. But only, if you, only if you vote Democrat. Only if you're registered Democrat and you can prove it. Um, yeah, other, I mean, we think of fraud in the U.S. as like campaign finance reform and super PACs and, and political organization. Like Honduras is nowhere close to being able to know about those things that exist at a very – very deep level. Well, like we're talking the, the about other, like just blatant corruption, just blatant stuff that the average child could see that is going on at a very uh, with regularity here. Like we're not even talking about high level intricate corruptions like super PACs and campaign finance. Like it's crazy how fragile what what they call quote unquote a democracy here is. It's not a democracy. It's not even close to being one. People yeah. complain about the US losing its democracy with the amount of money that's funneled into elections nowadays. Shit, the US's democracy is is so much stronger than what Hondurans have here. It's not a democracy. It's crazy. Right. Go ahead. I mean one another another area and, and we kind of started started touching we're, we're coming close to this is communications. Um, look at the three major newspapers in Honduras, and it's it's all pretty much the same the same articles, the same titles shifted around. Uh, so it's the same people that own these newspapers. They all have a favorite candidate. You know exactly who it is. Um, the same thing with the television channels. We're watching television today, and just depending on which channel you're on, you it's, know what it's, exactly it's what Juan Orlando. Or you're going to see them saying that Ziomara won. It's There's like no Fox News and MSNBC who are you know have their own biases in the states. It's like those aren't crack. Like, there's no. There's no. You're, you're never going to get an independent. Anything. You're never going to get an independent no, news channel down here. So you know, how can the people even be informed? I think part of the reason we haven't seen a lot of manifestations or or, or people out marching has been the fact that people are getting informed through their usual through their usual source. Um, if you all, if you always go home and you watch MSNBC, if you always go home and you watch Fox News, you're going to have two different versions of what's going on. And I think that's what's happening in the town right now is people are seeing two different versions of what's going on. People are seeing that Ziomara won by a landslide and the, the electoral tribuna just has to like catch up and count all those votes. And then there's a, these other people seeing, oh, like it's for sure uh, Juan Orlando won. No one knows for sure what's happened yet. And I think everyone just following those own news sources is waiting, is waiting, is waiting. 
And just like Alex said, how long can you wait before all of that anger, all of that uh, injustice right. just boils down? Right. And, and people and people aren't motivated. They don't go out to march. So what's going to happen? When when are they going to get the real news? And when are they going to be able to make a decision? And when are they going to show real indignation and, and, and get to the streets? And so, yeah, that's what I've said. I, I wrote in a blog before the election that I thought that Juan Orlando would win this election, that I thought there would be widespread fraud, um, that Zio Mario probably actually or actually won in the actual vote tally, and everyone's going to know it. But no one's going to do anything about it, and Juan Orlando is going to be the next president of Honduras with with very little fanfare and very little instability in the streets. And I, I, we are seeing that happen right now. The all the news outlets are reporting a dead heat, and no one in the streets is upset. He's going to win. We know he's going to win. If people are and and people are upset on Facebook and social media when you you talk to them in person and in private. They know it's a joke. They know it's fraud. They know it's fraudulent. They know he's a crook. But no one's actually doing anything about it. People are talking. They are not acting. And if people are upset about it today, this is when they're going to be the most upset about it. Maybe it spills into tomorrow. But after that, this, this, this indig- supposed indignation will die down. So if people are not going to do anything about it at the precipice of their emotional outrage... They're not going to do anything about it a week later. They're not going to do anything about it 24 hours later. These emotions pass. You're not more upset about your mom dying 10 years down the road than you are the day of. Okay? These, these, things, these things come and, and they go. And so if people aren't marching, if people aren't hitting the streets, if students aren't taking over campus, if, if the teachers aren't taking over the bridge now, it's not going to happen. And this guy's going to be the next president. Yeah, and then what? What is going to happen? Who is going to? What, what's going to happen in the international community? What's going to happen after Juan Orlando is president? Oh, a huge segment of this population is not going to be happy about it. But what? What's going to be the reality of it? And I think a big part of that question is going to be who's going to be controlling Congress? Do right. people vote La Plancha? Right. Or not? Did people vote down the party line, or did they split their votes? Right. And and did like the the corrupt the corruption. Uh, <laughs> Chief in, in the National Party with Juan Orlando, did they take care of business in Congress as well? Or they just they focus all of their resources just on taking care of the presidency? Or have you know, have have they committed equal amount of fraud in in the uh, congressional elections as well? So I guess we'll see in the in the coming days how those unfold and see if the National Party has taken complete complete control, has taken the legislative body and the legislative and the executive branch. We'll see. Um, or maybe, or or maybe the uh, people's act- the people's voice was heard in the congressional elections, and there'll be more of a pr- plurality there. I have I have no idea what uh, what those vote tallies are looking right now, but that'll be interesting to see. And then I think the final factor is considering what is going to be the international fallout. What's going to happen with the international community when we're talking about Honduras? That's always, principally speaking, of the U.S. What are trade relations? What are economic relations? What are mm-hmm. human rights? Uh, situation is going to be proceeding from here forward I don't, with the U.S. I don't see a ton of like outcry in the U.S. at all. I mean, the U.S. has <laughs> demonstrated time and again that they don't have any problem with with friendly governments that are committing, you know, domestic human rights violations. They don't have a problem with that, and they certainly don't have a problem with it 
when your doors are open for U.S. investment, which if you ever walk down a city street in Honduras, it becomes very clear very fast how open Honduras is to U.S. money. Uh, so um, I don't think you're going to hear anything about it officially as far as the U.S. is concerned. I think this is going to – for this to change, I, don't, I think Honduras is going to have to do this on its own. I don't think Everything, any outside yeah. power is going to, you know – decry Honduras. You know, Juan Orlando is not going to turn into Bashar al-Assad or Omar Gaddafi or something like that. He's, you know, he's going to be friendly. He's friendly with the U.S. government um, and he's open for business and he's not committing, you know, blatant human rights violations. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be good to go. I think any sort of change is going to have to come from Honduras itself. And that comes with so much, I mean, it, that it, that means greater education, that means yeah, greater access to the media and, and higher quality news media. I mean, that means so much that this country just does not have right now. I just don't think, you know, it's really, it, it's ready. It, it's ready to be a true democracy yet. So in terms of, I guess in terms of, of civic and civil society here, what, what, what is that going to mean for, for either the people of Honduras or also Honduras in questions of regional integration? Is regional integration out for Honduras now? Is it just going to be the U.S.'s, the US's girlfriend? Or is it going to continue developing? I think region? it'll come. I think it'll come. And I think it'll take several years. And I think um, th what you will see, for instance, in the Orlando presidency, in, in the Juan Orlando uh, era here in Honduras, is, is probably... Mm, um, much of the same in terms of its economic ties to the region and its economic ties to the U.S. Um, probably, you know, uh, you might see a few bigger businesses, American big businesses pop up in here. And I think, honestly, the U.S. is really probably very happy with his approach to the security situation and the violence levels here in Honduras because he's taking a very hard-line militaristic approach. And quite frankly, that... That will probably produce a significant drop in those crime numbers, um, which will make Honduras look great from the outside as far as the U.S. is and IMF are concerned. Is, it gonna be, is that what's good for Honduras, <laughs> you know, as domestic as a civil society in the long term to have, you know, to have, uh, you know, uh, military personnel on every corner? No, absolutely not. And that'll have to go away if Honduras will ever truly develop into a democracy because no one is going to be have the balls to take to the streets if the military sits on the streets every day. Yeah. Um, and so that's going to have to go for Honduras to really, really turn that corner into becoming a progressive society. But who knows, maybe in the very short run during this Orlando presidency, if you know, the streets do calm down and that culture of violence does die away for a few years, and that comes at the cost of um, free and open elections and free and open expression of civil society and so a little more U.S. investment, you know, maybe it would be good for things to just kind of chill out in Honduras for a little yeah. while. And, and then after that, a period of civil society can flourish after several years, which is, you know, I, I, the optimistic approach and, and take that I'm trying to have on this election, but I don't think it's that far-fetched. Three things, three things kind of took me, took me really strangely. One, about this election and, and, and Honduras, one was that... Uh, when I was here in, in 2009, which was just a couple months after the coup, 
And then uh, again in 2010, everyone in Honduras seemed much more excited. Um, there was much more activity. There was much more more unity uh, between the the people on the streets, um, and and a lot of support for uh, a revolution or a lot of support for uh, you know what was the FANARP, the Frente, the National Revolutionary Front. Mm-hmm. Um, had a lot more strength, a lot more unity, a lot more uh, solidarity. And it really feels like in this last, a little more than a year, that has just completely disappeared. Um, and there's been, you know, like you said before, I a complacency. Yeah, definitely been a you complacency know what? And if we're people. really, really, really going to analyze elections, and I f- um, we could go on and on with all the different, like, little paths that this election takes off this one just true kernel of craziness, these, like, results and... Juan Orlando versus Libre, but like if it just explodes from there, it's just so much crazy shit. But that's um, what you're talking about is one of them is that like the, the no, but like when you speak of the Libre not having that that true base of support that they would that they needed um, is that like Libre, this one contender, this one possible left leaning progressive like giant that could have you know taken down Juan Orlando was completely fractured because they were born off of Partido Liberal. So old school, you know, old school progressive thinkers are going to stick to Partido Liberal. They're not going to stick to go with Libre. And then Salvador Nasrallah came around and took part of their like young, like, like independent minded, liberal, like, like base of youth support. College college kids, kids. basically. Yeah. College kids, and they completely took all of them away from Libre because they all went with Nasrallah. So, like, this Libre vote actually got splintered in a couple of different ways and could have been even more obvious that they won if if it wasn't for Nasrallah and, you know, uh, Partido Liberal. It's crazy. No, that's... It was basically... That's that's 100% true. I mean, if, if... If it had become a two-party race between... Yes! Between uh, Nacional and and Libre, it would have been over. It would have been over. I already think... I think it's close, but I don't think it's that close if we're actually going by true vote count right now. If if Salvador Nasrallah and PAC and and, uh, uh, the Partido Liberal didn't exist, this would have been an absolute blowout like complete blowout and if this were like any other like new democracy we would have a runoff election there would be a runoff election but because Honduras is typically a a two-horse race typically a two-party system there's no need for there to be a runoff election in the constitution well the other the other other part of that is Honduras is is a, a plurality so any vote that's higher than – just the highest vote wins. Yes. Whoever receives the highest percentage. Um, and if you, look at, if you look at Honduras, it's always been between basically you – know, they've, they've had a bunch of parties, but they but haven't had – they've never had a, a third party that can, can get contest over 10%. For the presidency. Contest for the presidency. And all of a sudden, this time around, they basically had four – that would get like significant Amounts towards of the vote. vote. Partido yeah. Nacional, who who was going to win, in my opinion, Libre, who probably received the most votes, who probably re- actually received the most votes, and then um, 
Pac with Salvador Nasrallah, and this in every college, every student between, every person between the age of 18 and 30 and that's, that, that has gone that to college, your left, are going to college. That is educated in the country is educated. for Pac. And then the real old school liberals for Liberal. So, liberal. like, that's four parties that are going to get a, a substantial number of, of votes, vote. and three of the, and the, the bottom two. <clears throat> Would all vote for Libre if they, you know, hadn't existed. So this would have been an absolute blowout. Um, and if we had a runoff, if right now, because, you know, the, the vote it just is, continued is so close, and then we, could, we would just hold another yeah. vote in a month, and it would just be between Nacional and Libre. So it would be a fucking massacre, and Juan Orlando would not be able to pull off this kind of fraud. Right. But because so, he controls everything, he controls the Congress, he controls the military, and he be- controls the legislator before he ever even became president, and then now um, he really controls it as president, th- there's no way he was going to lose. And to give a little, a little, a little background on, uh, on plurality versus, versus going into a runoff election... Uh, in in multi-party countries, just about every other multi-party country, um, a party that's a country that just doesn't have a bipartisan system, has gone and and revised their constitution to include runoffs for general elections exactly. because of exactly this reason. So if you look at Honduras's constitution and just how its 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 civil society functions, it's it's defunct. And um, what was Honduras? And Honduras has had their constitution and, and has the fewest amendments in all of Latin America, um, which just shows that this is a, a, a nation that's not ready, that hasn't developed into a democracy yet. No, it's not. This constitution is like <laughs> it's like a template <laughs> for what a constitution should be, and but, it's like it's like every template you ever run into in Honduras. Yes. that has to be followed to the T. Yes. That is this way. That has always been yes. this way. It should that always never be that changes. Way. Like, it's not it's, effective. Oh my god, it's we not could do, effective. We could do we could do a whole hour on on people following templates and Excel spreadsheets in Honduras and our own you know personal professional lives. It's crazy. And this constitution is the same way. It sucks, but everyone's still following it and not changing it. But what was that primary, one of the primary platform positions of the Libre Party was calling for a constitutional referendum right. if Libre Party had won to change and rewrite the constitution, which is what this country needs. But they're, now, something, they're not going to get it. Something that I always think is interesting is what is Libre actually? Um, a lot of people are saying they're communists. A lot of people are saying they're socialists. A lot of people are saying they... You know, they, they want constitutional reformation, and that's not very democratic. Uh, do you believe that they're a step away from democracy, or are they a step into modern, modernity? 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 Are they a step into, are they a step into what democracy should be? We're what, going for modernity. What democracy should be today? What democracy is today in most, in most oh, developed man, countries? That's a great question. I think they are still, if you're talking about there being two halves... Are they in the past or are they in the present slash future? Are they, is that where their, their philosophy is going? That's where their philosophy is going. Are they there? No, they're still in the past. They're, they want to be progressives. They just don't know how to quite do it yet. Hell, they don't even know how to win an election yet. But give them some time. This, this party is only two years old. 
Um, I don't think time is going to help this party. I think time is going to hurt this party. Uh, Unless... If they can change... Pack disappears. Yeah, if they can change the rules of the game. If they can somehow get the Congress... If they won, if they won seats, and this is where it gets really important, who's winning Congress? If Partido Libre with, with Xiomara wins Congress, they will become institutionalized as a party in this country. If they don't win a lot of seats in Congress, they're going to be just like PAC, they're just going to be just like PNU, they're just going to be just like DC. They're going to fade into the background, I think. Because they're not going to have a sustainability, they're not going to have a stay in power. <sighs> yes. You're, yes, I completely agree. This, this Partido Libre could fade away. Especially... Because the only reason that they are anything right now is Ziomar and Mel. Right. They have a figurehead. They have, they, they, they have a populist they leader. They need to capitalize on that immediately because, believe me, those two are not getting any younger. And well, so, you know, the other thing with that is their populist leader is Mel. As who, much, was the coup, who was the, the disposed president? Right. So he has now cachet. Now moving away but from that, that every, every year, every new president, every new trade agreement, every time that Honduras is recognized... Melzaliah shrinks a little bit. He becomes he's, less and less relevant. He's becoming less relevant. In a year or two, he's not going to be a relevant, strong, populist figurehead. I would argue that he really isn't right now anymore. I think, I think the following for Partido Libre started shifting significantly away from Mel as it got closer to the elections. And part of that, sure, is give credit to, to Ziomara. Um, I think she did a... A, a fine job running, but I think the appeal was always Mel to begin with, and that his appeal is going to be wearing down each year. Yes. So unless unless Libre won some significant seats in Congress, I would be surprised to see him as a strong candidate in the next four years. Yes, this is like a Manny Pacquiao and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather fight. Like, everyone wants to see it happen. Everyone wants to see it happen. Everyone knows they're the two best. Everyone knows they're the two best. But it, everyone's been calling it for it to happen for five years now. And these guys are not getting any younger. Ah, I don't know. And we just, we don't know if it's actually going to happen. So this, these, uh, these parties could fade away uh, very fast. This, you know, epic battle could fade away very fast. All right. Now, I said there were three things that bothered me. We just talked about one of them. Uh, I'm going to cut it down to just two because I think we're running a little late on time. So the second thing that bothered me, or that I thought was very strange, was when we were walking around in the morning, we were trying to do some exit polls. Uh, so we were trying to catch up with people after they had voted and find out who they voted for. Um, you know, just pretty simple, like, oh, like, did you vote? Can we ask you a quick question? Who did you vote for? We were just trying to do an exit poll so we can have an idea about, you know, what's going on with the race. And everyone here... In contrast to people in the U.S., where everyone's usually proud to say who they voted for, yeah. everyone here said, oh, no, that's a secret. That's a secret. Or they looked at us like, like we were literally nervous. Literally, that's what they said. Um, like, no, I don't feel comfortable sharing it. Like, no, nah, I'm not. It with was, some cases, no, it was, your vote is your secret. Like, it, it has been a practice line. With some cases, it almost seemed like, like it was, like, a shameful thing. Like, yeah. no, like, I shouldn't do that. Like, yeah. they were ashamed of who they had voted for. And sometimes they just seemed scared that, like, you were going to do, like... <laughs> that we were, like, asking for some reason. I don't know. So that was just something that struck me as really bizarre and, and, and really kind of weird. Because when I think of democracy, I think of, you know, being out there and, like, believing in someone and believing in, in, in a platform or an ideology and, you know, sharing that and trying to convince other people that they should join me. Uh, and here it was like, 
politics was like talking about sex. Yeah. It was like saying something dirty yes. to people on the street, like asking them like what color their underwear were. Yeah. It's a secret. Yes, it was. Yeah, it's an absolute secret. It was. It, yeah. It, it compared. Yes, it was. This you ask them, you know, something very intimate about their their personal lives that they, you know, they were not going to share it at all. And some of them, not like Sam said, not some of them looked embarrassed, and some of them looked afraid that you were asking them that, like, you know, g- them giving you a certain answer would result in you know consequences for them. Which is crazy. I mean, this is what I'm talking about when, yeah. when we're and talking imagine- about they're not, this not being a democracy. If people literally think that who they vote for could result in direct violence to them, it's, it, they are not – it's just so far away from being ready to be a true democracy. It's not even, it's not even close. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. All right, Wells. All right. It was fun. Thanks, guys. That was it. That was great. That was like a half hour long.